incoming hostiles. Josh, say hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. If you didn't know, Where Gaming Weekly posts every Wednesday, sometimes, on YouTube.com and on podcast services. You can find out more about us at WhereGaming.com, and you can watch us stream live throughout the week on Twitch.tv slash WhereGaming underscore when we decide to do that. That may be coming more up soon as we've gotten our hands finally on Dreams. Yep. And the more we experiment with that, the more we may want to share on Twitch, so who knows? Yep. Uh, you can also write in to us at weekly at wearegaming.com to be heard on the show. And you can also tweet us at wearegaming underscore. Just use your name, where, and the ter- word gaming, and you'll probably find us. Yep. How are you doing, Josh? Doing all right. Pretty pretty good week. We had a nice three-day weekend. and I actually did have a three-day weekend this yeah. time. The movie is over. The movie is over. This is a little uh, memorabilia from the movie Switched. Um, so if you are interested in it, you can look it up. Uh, we can finally... Pretty much full disclosure talk about the fact that it happened since yeah. our press release is out about it. So and you got to work with uh, Denise Richards and Denise, John Schneider. I did. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Denise was a was a sweetheart, and I got really terrified to talk to John Schneider. So yeah, not because he's mean, because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so the movie's over, and <coughs> now I'll get a little bit of a break, and I'm looking forward to not doing much except for like everything. Yeah, because. So, uh, but why don't we get into the who, what, and the where, because right. we have a packed one, a lot of meaty things happening. Uh, but first, we want to follow up on uh, something we talked about last week, yep. uh, something that was posted, obviously, the day before, after we uh, we posted, uh, we talked about our the, the first topic. So, this is following up on Microsoft and Sony's cloud gaming collaboration. Uh, Microsoft and Sony's cloud gaming collaboration caught the PlayStation team by surprise, This is from Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. It was a surprise to say the least last week when when news broke of a vague agreement between Microsoft and Sony. Normally, arch rivals in the console gaming space to team up on a, quote, new cloud-based solutions for gaming experiences. If you think you were shocked, though, spare a thought for the PlayStation team. According to this Bloomberg report on the partnership, which cites people familiar with the matter, the early stages of the deal began last year and were handled directly by Sony's senior management in Tokyo, largely without the, the involvement of the PlayStation unit. This means that when, the, when the, the collaboration was announced publicly last week, most of the Sony's own game console gaming team would have been hearing about it at the same time we did. Understandably, this freaks out some folks. Uh, the report claiming managers had to calm workers and assure them that plans for the company's next-generation consoles were not affected. None of this news. None of this is news in so much that it affects either of the programs involved. 
the PS5 or whatever the cloud gaming idea is. But it's still interesting to see how big and unwieldy a massive corporation like Sony can be when most of its own gaming division isn't reportedly aware of plans that would directly impact its work. Unless, of course, they're not informing them, allowing the partnership to remain a secret while under negotiation. Um, so, so yeah, apparently none, no one knew. Yeah, that's uh, not, not the biggest shock in the world. I mean, it was clear that uh, like last week that it was Sony and Microsoft proper doing uh, this merger. Although it is surprising that at no point in the conversation, like, hey. You know, we know you have this Gaikai stuff that you're doing this PlayStation Now streaming. Uh, what if we partner with Microsoft and help build the future? Instead, we'll, mm-hmm. we're just going to do that anyway and not tell anybody about it. And these people may be rightly freaked out because now they've been working on, on pretty much a, a, a PlayStation Now and their software for seven years now. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you hear Sony's partnered with Microsoft because they don't think that the team that's working on it right now is going to exist. Hmm. So they may be in fear of their jobs, well, or, or all the work that they've already done is just going to go in the garbage, and they now have to redirect and refocus efforts on whatever this project is. So right. it makes sense that they would be upset that they didn't know. But as Sony as a whole... Um, uh, is an, it's an it's a traditional old Japanese company, and all, all their different segments and sectors are going to be like, uh, you know, siloed off. Right. And that's just how old business works, and it's not as you know, it's not um, what's the word? synergy? There's there's not a lot of synergy between all the different mm. moving parts. At least, I'm I'm sure it's better than it used to be, but it, uh, clearly right. it's not. And that's not to say that this particular, um, you know, collaboration is going to is going to affect them directly. But Mm. the fact that, you know, you hear the terms Microsoft and and Sony, then all of a sudden you're thinking, well, what's what's going on here? Sure. Um, And that's not to say that this collaboration actually does anything. Right. They, They may end up not doing anything. It's just a an agreement to work together on something. Mm hmm. That may or may not actually happen. Right. So, uh, and the least bit is probably just like, here's my notes. What did yep. you get? And then and that could be it. Or it's we're gonna take over your entire team, and we don't care what you've done. Um, I, I doubt that. So now uh, with PlayStation on top. No, not at all. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm curious if them any of Xbox employees knew about it. If it was pretty much the same. I, th- I think. I, I think it would be less effect. Uh, less of an effect on uh, Microsoft uh, Xbox employees anyway because they're doing something with the Microsoft cloud streaming and th- th- I mean again on both sides it's beneficial I mm-hmm. think um, but I don't know uh, to, to your question I don't know if it would have been a big of a bombshell for those employees because they're still working on on the same software they're already going to be working on whereas PlayStation uh, PlayStation is working off a of Gaikai software so to start transitioning to Microsoft software, either they have to switch or somehow marry the two, mm-hmm. and that may not work. It'd probably be the Gaikai software that they bought would go away, and then they would just start using the Microsoft platform. Right. But who knows? Who knows? We'll learn more as the years go on. Absolutely. Uh, but another big news for Sony. <coughs> uh, why don't you take this one? All right. Zoom. 
Uh, PlayStation Productions to adapt Sony's games for film and TV. This is from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced the launch of PlayStation Productions, a production studio that will take Sony's catalog of video game titles and franchises and adapt them for film and television. As reported by The Hollywood Reporter, uh, this new enterprise will be led by Assad Kizilbash, mm-hmm. Kizilbash and uh, overseen by the chairman of Worldwide Studios at SIE, Sean Layden, and is already in production on its first slate of projects and has sl- set up shop on the Sony Studios lot in Culver City. <laughs> Quote, we've got 25 years of game development experience, and that's 25 years of great games, franchises, and stories, Layden tells The Hollywood Reporter. We feel that now is a good time to look at other media opportunities across streaming or film or television to give our worlds to give our worlds life in another spectrum. From The Last of Us to God of War to Metal Gear Solid to Spyro the Dragon, PlayStation has been home to many different stories across many different worlds. Sony believes that with a library of more than 100 original properties, ranging from adventure to sci-fi to action to mystery to horror, PlayStation Productions has a wide breadth of content ripe for adaptation. Unlike most video game adaptations that are usually game studio licensing out its IP, Sony will be producing these projects in-house, with PlayStation Productions and sister company Sony Studios will help with uh, distribution. Quote, instead of licensing our IP out to studios, we felt the better approach was for us to develop and produce for ourselves, says Kizilbash. One, because we're more familiar, but also because we know now what the PlayStation community loves. Kizilbash Layden, I'm saying his name over and over, so I'm hoping I'm saying it close to right. But uh, Kizilbash and Layden and the team have been working on it, on this new venture behind the scenes for the past couple of years. They have been talking to many in the film industry, including Transformers series producer Lorenzo de Bonaventura, Bonaventura and uh, Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige. Um, we quote, we looked at what Marvel has done in taking the world of comic books and making it into the biggest thing in the world, says Layden. Uh, it would be a lofty goal to say we're following in their footsteps, but we're certainly taking inspiration from that. Uh, Layden also notes change, uh, changing Hollywood. Hang on. Layden also notes the changing Hollywood landscape and how, as opposed to 20 years ago, selling a, a video game adaptation is much easier as many more filmmakers are now gamers themselves. As for how they hope to avoid such big, quote, big budget efforts like 2016 uh, Assassin's Creed or Warcraft that bombed at the box office and earned weak reviews, Layden says you have to focus on the ethos from the game and avoid retelling a story that is combined with countless hours of gameplay that doesn't translate well to TV and or film. It's a long story. Mm-hmm. <coughs> quote, you can see that uh, you can see just by watching older video game adaptations that the screenwriters or directors didn't understand what the world or the gaming thing. Uh, the real challenge is how do you take 80 hours of gameplay and make it into a movie? The answer is you don't. What you do is take that ethos and write from there specifically for the film audience. You don't try to retell the game in a movie. Uh, another goal of PlayStation Productions is to help with what Help with the wait for game sequels, as in, as in between development of one title or another, to another, fans will be able to revisit their favorite worlds and have more, and have more of that experience and see the characters they love evolve in different ways. 
This will also afford PlayStation the right to retain creative control of its titles and ensure the right people are chosen for the right projects. Additionally, it will help ensure that these projects are not rushed and that the new studio is able to grow this in a measured, thoughtful way. How much more of this? You're almost done. Okay. Quote, we don't have to rush to market. We don't have a list of X number of titles must be done in this year. None of that, says Layden. The company has been very accommodating to our ambition around this, to grow this in a measured, thoughtful way. Uh, this is a passion project for me to be the first gaming entity to do something lasting and meaningful in a completely different medium is something I'd like to see us achieve here at the PlayStation Productions. <clears throat> um, well, this last paragraph is a little outdated because uh, soon after this, they did confirm it's saying there were no further details. But they did confirm that uh, the Uncharted game was an or Uncharted movie was an advanced production or mm-hmm. something like that. So it's in the you know in the final stages of pre, I guess would is what you would assume, or final final mm-hmm. stages of like conception. And then um, they also confirmed the next story that we have. Yep. Uh, so we'll go right into that, and then we'll talk about it. Twisted Metal TV series confirmed in development at PlayStation Productions by Tom Marks at IGN. Sony confirmed during an investor relations presentation today that it's developing a TV show based on the Twisted Metal game series. It also stated that the Uncharted movie is in advanced development. Uh, so advanced development would be, instead of advanced production, be what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So Sony Pictures Entertainment Chairman and CEO Tony Vincent. Kira, Vincent Kira, Vincent Kira uh, explained that the recently announced PlayStation Productions has closed a deal for a Twisted Metal show, though he didn't share any hard details beyond that point. <clears throat> we have a TV show where we just agreed to get underway that will be developed from the IP on PlayStation. It's called Twisted Metal. It's a game that was put out many years ago, and we're doing a de- we're, and we're going to develop a TV series around that. While there's not really a whole lot to go on, it's understandable that Vincent Kira would want to remind investors about the series alongside the news. The first Swiss Metal came out in 1995, with the latest entry arriving back in 2012. Around the same time, a Twisted Metal movie was announced, but never actually made. Vincent Chiara also noted that the Uncharted, <coughs> excuse me, the Uncharted movie has that's been long talked about is in advanced development. It's unclear what that actually means, but Tin Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trachtenberg was revealed to be the director for it, has re- for it as recently as January of this year after Stranger Things' Sean Levy stepped away from the project. So, there's a lot to talk about. Yes. I'm excited for these stories. Of course. Personally. Uh, and I'm like, hmm, I won't be that far <coughs> away from Culver City. So, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but, so, when I look at all this, I think that um, it reminds me a little bit Oh, and they tried to do their own PlayStation show, Powers. Yeah. Um, and how I think I watched two episodes of that, and I just wasn't feeling it. I think there was a lot of production value there. I just don't think, execution-wise, it landed very well. But mm-hmm. granted, I only did see, like, two episodes. And then I think about how I feel about Sony movies in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony-branded movies that aren't the spider-man movies which are largely not sony movies at least the latest ones um and spider-man 1 and spider-man 2 um in my personal opinion don't really ever look that great and the amazing spider-man and the amazing spider-man 2 
along with Venom. And... Uh, well, yeah, but I'm not even talking about those. I'm talking about like Annie um, was a Sony Pictures man, uh, mm-hmm. and, and a few other Sony movies just have this weird look to them that I'm not sure what it is. Um, but it's like if they all have to go through this weird maybe filter or whatever, and I know that's not how it works, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying like they all seem to struggle from the same sort of problem whether story-wise visual cinematography wise blah 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 so it's like these sony production productions give me pause yeah but i do like what he says about uh what sean Layden says about it's not about trying to tell the video the story of the game in two hours yeah you know it's about capturing what we love about the series and making something about that. Mm-hmm. So they did a The Last of Us movie, which I remember several years ago there being rumors about Neil Druckmann writing it, but it wasn't going to be anything like the game. I was like, oh, cool, because so, I've already played that game. Mm-hmm. And while I think there's something to be said about see- like the nostalgia feel of seeing what you've played on a movie, I think I would much rather see um, something new. And if you think about the latest Tomb Raider game movie, um, it kind of, for as fun-ish as it was, it fell into, this is a little bit of a movie podcast for the moment, so just bear with me. Um, It kind of fell into the same trap of, like, we have to kind of capture the essence of what the first game was, but not much of the heart of it. Yeah. It was like, there were some really good, like, I thought Alicia Vikander did a pretty good job. I thought the world, for the most part, was well thought out. I thought it looked really good. I thought visually it looked good. Uh, But there were, like, it was like, spoilers, they showed up to the island. It was like, you know, there's usually A, B, C plot, or, like, a three-act structure, which is just kind of a, not a rule, but a suggestion. And there you could argue that there was one, but it didn't feel like it. It was like... She's on the island, and then now she's solving the big puzzle that's going to save or kill everybody. Yeah. There, there were some rushed parts to it. I think overall it felt a little rushed as for for Tomb Raider. But I think for uh, visually, and if they, if they had this same mentality with everything else being the same, if they just took this character and created a better, more thought-out story and let it be longer... Or cut out. I mean, I don't know that you could cut out much of it, but if you told it a different way, it's all about pacing. Sure. It's, I mean, you can make it longer, but I, I really think it's like, how do we? Where do we focus? Mm-hmm. Like, there was a. Two. This is a Tomb Raider podcast now. There was <laughs> there was a really good moment, after like, in the it kind of happened synonymously in the game and in the movie where like she kills her first human, um, mm-hmm. and in the game. You, you live with that for maybe an hour or, like, uh, with in-game time. You know, you live with that for a few, you know, missions where it's like, I didn't want to have to do that, blah, 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 blah. And the movie, it kind of, if there's, like, a hint of that, it's like she kills her first guy and then, like, she's, like, kneeling in the rain in a puddle of mud or something and she's like, all oh, that sucked. But then she never thinks about it again. Yeah. And so I'm like, if we could just linger on moments like that, it would make a perfect movie. Sure. So, a better movie. So, similarly, when you're thinking about doing The Last of Us or Uncharted or... Now, nah, I can't really speak to a Twisted Metal TV show. If but, they're if they're going to look at it like... 
if they're going to look at it the Marvel way of we're going to develop a story and not the Marvel way of we're going to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. then they'll do it. They'll do it fine. Yeah. But if they go about it like they did the Amazing Spider-Man series, like it's it's not going to work. Right. Um, um, I don't know if a Twisted Metal series can work. It sounds fun. It sounds, sounds weird. Expensive. Sounds expensive. Um, see, you know, when you talk about the powers, you know, originally. Powers was a weird thing. You could only watch it on on the PlayStation. You had to download it from the PlayStation Store. If they were able to sell this to, you know, whatever, you know, or, I mean, Sony, any any in-house, what what is their in-house um, uh, TV I mean, like? If isn't it Touchstone or something? No, that's Disney. What, um, what, what TV channel would be associated with Sony? I don't know. I don't know. FX. Um. No, that's I don't know. Sony. Anyway, but, it, but the point is, um, um, if you were able to give that to a wider audience and tell that story in a great way, then it maybe it could, you know, maybe AMC or something. No, I don't have internet right now. Um, it doesn't matter. But taking a, f- a little further step back, if you had announced this in 2013, this would have been panned. You think so? This is what—that's exactly what Xbox did. I think it was a little... They, they wanted to... They weren't focusing on games. We're going to make a, TV, a Halo TV show. We're going to do this TV show. We're going to do a Quantum Break. We're going to do all this stuff with TV and entertainment. It's going to be your entertainment box and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was... I mean, that's why Xbox lost. That and among many reasons for the launch. But I think people are looking at it different... Looking at these ancillary productions differently nowadays plus they didn't do it at, at like an e3 conference yeah i think and i think your mind i think announcing it, it like this is fine um with sony games being as good as they are right now i think it's okay to announce something like this because we already know sony games are great days gone has been you know mediocrely received but for the most part first party titles are great so announcing this doesn't take away from the quality of the games. They're, it doesn't sound like Sony is just shifting focus from yeah. something they needed to be focusing yeah, on. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they're Whereas Microsoft themselves. at the time, they didn't have a lineup. They had Halo 5 and Gears, what, Gears 4. Four. Yeah. And both of those were meh. They came out with meh reception. People liked the multiplayer on Halo 5, but the story was n- not very liked. And then... They're talking about doing these shows, and then they're not showing any games, and then they they were just struggling at the beginning because they they weren't showing any games, and then they were focusing on these shows, and then the shows didn't actually ever happen, yeah. and so it sounded like they Microsoft just didn't have a focus. Whereas now Sony can do this and say, "Look, we've got these great games. You know what games are coming up now. We're also going to try to do this, and it's just not going to be the Assassin's Creed movie. We're not going to try to." throw a weird put together show you know movie. uh movie that's f- trying to condense 80 hours into 2 hours right we're going to take the heart of the story and make a 2 hour movie or mm-hmm. a 20 episode show or something yeah so and see i think assassins not that this matters cuz assassins creed is not a sony product but i think assassins creed would probably do better as a tv show than a movie mm mm-hmm. mhm Given the do it do a you know the Game of Thrones eight ten, eight to ten episode arc yeah, yeah yeah I think most shows would be benefit from being most, in eight to ten episodes yeah, yeah with yeah. higher a little higher production value 
Save, save that money you're not going to spend in the second 12 episodes that no one cares about. You know, well, there's 12 episodes in a season that no one cares about. Really. Right. So, save all that money and put it into 10 great episodes. Yeah. And, and, then, and largely, most TV is doing that for them. Well, uh, I mean, like, I don't know what the CW shows, but that yeah. doesn't really count in my... Well, it doesn't... I mean, they're great, but they are, they've always done that. Yeah. Um, uh, but, like, Breaking Bad... Yeah, for a while. I AMC mean, shows. And, uh, I, well, The Walking Dead. Um, I mean, thir- thirteen is fine. Yeah. Um, but anyway. anyway, we're not we're not a TV or movie podcast, but you know, you know, it's exciting I, to see. I just hope that they. I'll be curious to see what comes out of this. I don't, you know, I don't want them to lose focus, and I don't want them to do this just to try to cash cash in on it. I want mm-hmm. them to to care because, because there are games like The Last of Us, like. I would like more people to just experience that game mm-hmm. or that that story because it's a, such a great story that it's a shame that it's only us gamers. I mean, I'm great to have grateful to have experienced it, but you can't ha- you can't have our mom sit down and try to play a you know 35 hour game that's you know in, has difficult spots and that she's just going to put down and not finish the story yeah. when there's so many really heavy story beats in there that you know are really good. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll be here when that's going to be the next podcast. It's going to be the PlayStation Production Studios podcast. It, are they talking about No, it? I'm saying oh. for us. Oh, we'll okay. just review every single PlayStation mm-hmm. Production Studios movie. Maybe I'll get to work with them one day. That'd be great. That'd be cool. Then we, well, then we couldn't review them. No. No. I could review them. You just sit there and I can just right. tell you mm-hmm. how much you suck. Mm-hmm. 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 But All I can right. do that anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Is this me? Uh, well, it is, but you had the very long one, mm-hmm. and I just had the little one, so I can go, or it doesn't matter. Go for it. Okay, great. So, segueing away from movies, uh, Playdate is a bizarre handheld, handheld, handheld gaming handheld. system Where coming. are you from? Playdate is a bizarre handheld gaming system coming in 2020. This is from Colin Stevens at IGN. Thank you, IGN. Panic Inc., known for publishing Firewatch and the upcoming Untitled Goose Game, has announced Playdate, a bizarre yellow handheld system with a crank with crank controls and weekly game releases. Weren't they the ones just bought up by uh, Valve? Yeah. Well, well, Campo Santos. Oh, right. The developer. Right. What? Sorry. Go ahead. Um, Playdate uses a 2.7-inch, 400 by 240 black and white screen. Features a D-pad and two face buttons. Includes the aforementioned hand crank, hand crank controls. It will feature 12 brand new games and is set to be released sometime in 2020. Teenage Engineering partnered with Panic to design its signature crank. The new games are being kept secret until they appear on Playdate, but Panic revealed that creators Kaita Takahashi from Katamari Damacy, Zach Gage from Spell Tower, Bennett Foddy from QWOP, Quap, Quap, and Sean Inman from The Last Rocket are among those who are making games for the device. Some of the games use the crank exclusively, while others don't use it at all, and it can be tucked into the side of the device when not in use. One image uh, shared by Panic showed the title screens for four games. Bennett Foddy presents Zipper, uh, Kranken's Time Travel Adventure, 360, and Executive Golf DX. Uh, Panic also shared on GIF, shared a GIF on Twitter demonstrating how the system works with Time Travel Adventure, where a wind-up man is late for a hot date and needs to be cranked up to get there in time. However, players need to, need to time his movements to get there safely, and if he's late, a wind-up woman suplexes him. 
<laughs> the device will ship in early 2020 and co- will cost 149 US dollars with all 12 season 1 games included in the initial cost. Those interested can sign up via a waiting slash email list on play.date to be the first in line to pre-order the device when it's ready. So it looks like half a Game Boy. Uh, it looks like a Game Boy Pocket <clears throat> with a crank. Yeah. And it's like literally like a... But the screen reminded me more of like a Game & Watch. Yeah. It would be very interesting. I watched I watched a clip of what it, of, of the... What they were talking about, the, the, the suplex. Yeah. Thing. I don't know how it would work if you got to pr- like press a button and crank... I think the, the crank is its own, like, you working controller. Um, well, it said get to, so I guess you would go, you'd use the D-pad and the crank? Maybe. Maybe, like, to... Because you had to time his movements, because, I mean, because it, it showed, like, if you cranked forward, it went forward in time. If you cranked backwards, it went backward in time. Does that mean... But you would have to, like, give him an input to do something to change how that worked. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be, it, we'll be looking out for it. I mean, 149... That terrible, uh, but it also is like, what are you getting? It's an, it, it's an interesting concept, and it says season one, so it sounds like there will be multiple seasons. Maybe you can plug, you know, plug in a, you know, plug it into your computer and download a season two for like twenty mm-hmm. bucks or thirty bucks. And I think it's interesting that they're all like new exclusive titles. Yeah, but when I hear this, that I would, I wouldn't think, you know, we're not going to be playing twenty five hour games on this. No, it's no. going to be. Like yeah. NES style, but like, I mean, you, yeah, you're not gonna play bite-sized games. On it. No. Um, maybe a, <clears throat> a Taka, what is it? Where are the Tamagotchi? Tamagotchis. I'm gonna say Takahashi, and I'm like, and that was the name of the dude. Yeah. So, kind of a neat little, yeah, little uh, Christmas Santa. Well, that's a little more than expensive than a Secret Santa gift, but um, unless you're with high rollers, in yeah. which case it won't matter. All right. The, you get another big one. This is at least two pages, so just deal with it. All right. Y'all ready for loot boxes? Um, The U.S. loot box bill receives bipartisan support from Brendan Sinclair at gamesindustry.biz. As promised, Missouri Senator Josh Howley introduced legislation into the U.S. U.S. Senate yesterday seeking to ban loot boxes and pay-to-win mechanics in games for children. That's such a vague statement. Yeah. Howley has found two urgent original co-sponsor two original co-sponsors for the Republican senator's repo- proposal, and both are coming from the other side of the aisle. Democrat Richard uh, Blumenthal and Ed Mark- Markey uh, have signed on to the bill. Quote: On the addiction, only the addiction economy could produce a business model that relies on placing a casino in the hands of every child in America, with the goal of getting them desperately hooked. Quote: Howley said. Quote. I'm I'm proud to introduce this landmark bipartisan legislation to end these exploitive practices. This sounds like such a Jack Thompson quote, like the one of the, like '90s anti like youth anything kind of hated games, hated music, hated skateboarding, all, like just okay. just like or like back you, you can go all the way back to like the Mortal Kombat. Just I'm gonna say this as vague and as vile as it could sound. So you can understand what's going on. Right. And so you'll agree with me. Anyway, politics. <clears throat> Markey added, quote, Today's digital entertainment ecosystem is, is an online gauntlet for children. Inherently manipulative game features that take advantage of kids and turn playtime into paytime should be out of bounds. Blumenthal noted that bipartisan na- noted the bipartisan nature of the legislation and called the monetization practices reprehensible, saying, 
Congress must send a clear warning to app developers and tech companies. Children are not cash cows to exploit for profit. Uh, the Entertainment Software Association released its own statement on the bill, with CEO Stanley Pierre-Louis saying, <clears throat> quote, This legislation is flawed and riddled with inaccuracies. It does not reflect how video games work, nor how our industry strives to deliver innovative and compelling entertainment experiences to our audiences. Notice the, notice the difference they talk about who play these games. Mm -hmm. The politicians talk about that children are the only ones, pl only ones playing these games. When people of all ages are playing these games, and yeah. the politics are trying to appeal to your, let's help the, the save, save the kids, the children. Save and the children. games are more than just for children. But and, what about and, the kids? But what about the kids? Now, kids do are affected by this, but I just want to point out that the politicians are saying children, and these guys are saying the ESA, our audience, because mm -hmm. our audience is more than just kids. <clears throat> the impact of this bill would be far-reaching and ultimately prove harmful to the player experience, not to mention the more than 220,000 American employees, Americans employed by the video game industry. We encourage the bill's co-sponsors to work with us to raise awareness about the tools and information in place that keep control of, of video game play and in-game spending in the parents' hands rather than in the government's. Uh, the Senators released the full text of the bill yesterday, which prohibits publication or distribution of games with pay-to-win mechanics or loot boxes in, quote, minor-oriented games, or any game where the company, quote, has constructive knowledge that ha has constructive knowledge that any users are under age 18. It makes exceptions for any program which where the user's interactions are limited to selecting options from a menu of choices or any program that would not be considered a game by a reasonable user. The bill's definition of pay to win includes offering offerings that ease a user's progression with content that could be earned without purchases as well as let, letting a player pay to skip cooldown timers or buy additional lives slash gameplay attempts. It also includes any purchase in a game featuring comp competition between players that give one player an advantage over those who don't spend money. The bill makes specific exemptions for harder difficulty modes, purely cosmetic items that give no gameplay advantage to a user, and DLC that can only be purchased once and doesn't otherwise give competitive advantages or help players progress easier. As for the definition of loot box, <clears throat> the bill would apply to any add-on microtransaction or any, sorry, to any add-on transaction that adds a feature or enhances entertainment value in a randomized or partially randomized fashion. It also speci specifies any system where buying something unlocks the ability to buy other things that users aren't informed about before the initial transaction. The bill stipulates that, that the Federal Trade Commission will enforce these rules, levying fines that must exceed the amount of, um, of money a company brought in through any violation of the bill. It also allows state attorney. Uh, it also allows state attorneys general to bring civil suits against any publisher or distributor violating the law. <coughs> Finally, the bill calls for the FTC to prepare to a report for Congress analyzing the psychological effects of pay-to-win microtransactions and loot box design, the effect those mechanics have had, uh, the effect those mechanics have had on investment and production in the games industry and whether they can induce compulsive purchasing behaviors by minors. 
The bill has been referred to the Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation. Both Blumenthal and Markey sit on that committee and also are members and are also members of two relevant subcommittees, Manufacturing, Trade and Consumer Protection, and Communications, Technology, Innovation, and the Internet. Well, before <sighs> you just dig right in, um, uh, so <clears throat> I don't know if you could say that these are my thoughts on it, but um, I, I think if we really wanted to look at this in a, you know, constructive way that um i don't think it is absurd to have questions about what's going on in in these games mm-hmm. um i think like i i mean i've heard all of the arguments and like personally i'm like you know like w- what's the difference between i mean i'm not asking i'm just saying mm-hmm. bringing up um rhetorically like what is the difference of you putting money into a claw machine and um not getting anything and 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 those are available anywhere and putting money down on a roulette board and Mm -hmm. hoping you know um i think you can make the argument that well at a claw machine you can see what you might be getting but you can't see what the chances are of you actually getting it and I do think that there have been a lot of games recently that have made an effort to express what the chances are of what you're going to... Like in Division, uh, it'll tell you... It might not tell you what you're going to get, but it'll say, oh, you're going to get a blue uh, blueprint or a purple blueprint for a sidearm or mm-hmm. this. It might not tell you which one. It might not tell you how good it is, but it's going to... you know tells you th- those things. And I think letting the industry correct itself on what is problematic and what is not is the best course. Yeah. Um, because the last thing that's good for business is to be thinking you're taking advantage of children, even though you can make the argument about it. Anyway, that being said, it's clear that the people who are writing this don't really know how it works mm-hmm. and don't trust people enough to let them figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of so, how I feel about it. You know, I, I'm critical of the way it's been. It's brought up. I think it absolutely needs to be addressed. Loot boxes. I think loot boxes are awful. I think if I w- my biggest complaint is if I want something in a game, just let me buy it. Mm-hmm. Take it back even further. Let me ba- pay eighty dollars for a game and not pay anything else. Yeah, that would be my dream scenario. Let me pay eighty to hundred dollars for a, the game that comes with everything. Mm-hmm. All, if, if you're gonna do a DLC. I want to make sure that f- the initial offering is great, and then if the the secondary offering is um, is significant, then okay, that that's different. But let's take out these microtransactions out of full price games. I don't mm-hmm. see why they need to be there. And free to play games, you can do whatever you want. I don't. Yeah. And Fortnite and uh, Apex Legends, I don't care. But in like full price games. If I already paid sixty dollars, which is this industry standard, I shouldn't have to pay more to get stuff. Mm-hmm. Let me play the game and fairly earn stuff in the game. Right. So that that's but in something in a in a game like an ongoing game like Destiny or um, the Division, the or Division or something like that, when if if you only pay sixty dollars 
and you play this game for 1,500 hours, then I, I think that then that that tells you that the value of that game was more than the $60, and it's okay to drop more money on it. But what my problem with Destiny was they started introducing the loot boxes. So like, I just want this. I want to go and buy these emotes. Or I want this set of, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Why why can't I just go buy that? And they initially started out like that. I, you know, they would introduce new emotes and things like that. And you can go to the store and then it, you, you could either pay or earn enough credits. And then you could put it on what you wanted. Yeah. And see, and to think, me, that's the, the best way to do it. I think I remember hearing, and I could be totally lying. Uh, and the uh, this particular argument kind of goes against the or goes on the opponent's side of it, if you will. But like, I remember hearing that when it was like an open marketplace, people weren't buying anything. So instead, randomizing it made people want to buy it, which is tapping in to your, you know, yeah, whatever. No, I, and that might they might have information or you know uh, statistics on that, like what was there, but no one was buying it. But now that we're you can buy loot boxes, everybody's buying them. But I I don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, yeah. I mean, sure they're making more money, and for someone like Bungie who's on their own, that's great. But I just that feels like you're being taken advantage of. Right. And uh, so like in in the argument that's like well all these microtransactions or yeah sorry sorry to cut yeah go ahead uh, that all these microtransactions are supporting the live service development of it like mm-hmm. you know keeping the updates going. That's when I'm as a consumer. And maybe this is an unpopular opinion, other than what we've talked about, is that like, let me, like let me spend ninety dollars on your game instead. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's what I did with the Division Two. I went ahead and got the Ultimate Edition One because I wanted all the stuff, even though it was all going to be free anyway. I figured one, I'm going to enjoy this game. Two, I wanted it a little earlier for content reasons, and three, like I'm going to be playing the heck out of this game. Well, at least I thought before I got a job. But yeah. Uh, so all that being said, it's like. You know, industry's the standard, $60 games. I think, while I'm a poor person and enjoy spending the least amount of money I can on games, like, if it had to go up, I would understand. Yeah. Um, but find a new way to make this happen yeah. without being a predator about it. Yeah. However, that's not quite what the bill is about, I don't think. No. I. Uh- you know, the reason the ES, ESRB was established was because it was either we we as the game industry had to do something about it or the government was going to take care of it for us. Mm-hmm. And if the government comes in and, and starts putting rules down on what we can and can't make, it loses its art, artistic value. And we, de- we as an industry decided that was not good. So we all agreed on how to make these games clear... Uh, make sure the content was appropriate for the kids for the kids and just like the the uh, MPAA or whatever so that they know how the how to buy games right <clears throat> and so i think this will probably push that change to where we need it to go uh, hopefully that the that the industry will again come together and say okay we need to put a stopgap in this mm-hmm. so the government doesn't enforce all these rules and think it's necessary for them to come down to our our yeah in the town Mm -hmm. and um i wanted to go back to my point was um you know if i pay 60 dollars for a game and you have these loot boxes or something like that if i spend another 50 dollars and getting these loot boxes 
maybe put a cap on it. And if I've already spent, if I've spent, you know, a hundred dollars more or whatever buying these loot boxes, just unlock everything. Mm. Like, if you if you start putting these stuff, like, if I've spent, you know, a hundred dollars, I can either, you know, maybe I can buy a hundred fifty dollar package and get everything, or if I spend a hundred dollars over time or something, in loot boxes, at some point I, I'll get all season one gear, yeah. or whatever, all the stuff that was released in season one, and then season two you can, like. Once you introduce new gear, that resets. Mm. And, then, and you just put a cap on what people spend so people aren't spending their life savings on these games. And you're still bringing in money for the development. Mm. You know, I know that's not popular, and I don't, I, again, I don't like the loot box mentality. You can tell me what everything I could possibly get in that, and, the, and people were like, you know, they're wanting the chance... You know, they want to see the statistics of what you can get, what, how to, you know, what item is going to come out of there. But that would, that would make me buy it even less. One out of 350,000. Well, mm. no. Right. So just get rid of loot boxes. Let me pay for the game. I'll pay more. We, we, we can all agree, you know, $60 has been nice for the last 15, 20 years now. But everything is more expensive. These games are huge. I think we all need to be accept seventy, eighty dollar games, and then let's br- pull back on all these microtransactions and things like that. That way, the government stays away from us. Free games are, can still be the wild west. You can still have this kind of stuff in Fortnite and things like that. I still think you should probably put a cap on on a season. Maybe in mm-hmm. season one, you if you've spent over X amount of dollars, you can't spend anymore or you get everything. You, you, you get a selection of, mm-hmm. and maybe that's something they can do with parent controls, like gauge how much you're spending. Like, yeah, if I'm gonna let my and that, kid, and that's the other thing, parents should still be parents. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, who the the ten year old doesn't have a credit card, so I mean, if I give them a, you know a Fortnite card that has twenty dollars on it and they use it all, that's all they got, and I, I mean, I don't know if that creates a gambling addiction. Maybe it does, but. That it's still on the parent to do the parenting. Yeah. So. And more kind of like intense gaming news. Uh, the WHO, the World <coughs> Health Organization, makes gaming disorder a recognized illness. And maybe this might have a part of in all of this. Uh, Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz. The 194 members of the WHO have recognized gaming disorder as an illness at the 72nd World Health Assembly today. The WHO finalized the 11th revision of its International Statistical Classification of Diseases and Related Health Problems, ICD-11, in June last year, which included gaming disorder. The disorder is described as, quote, a pattern of behavior characterized by impaired control over gaming, increasing priority, uh, increasing priority given to gaming over other activities to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other interests and daily activities, and continuation or es- uh, or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative con- consequences. The WHO stated at the time that for gaming disorder to be diagnosed, the behavior patterns must be of sufficient severity to result in significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning and would normally have been evident for at least 12 months. The illness was met with opposition by the global video games trade bodies, including the ESA, the ISFE, and the UKIE, which highlighted contradictory research and statements on the subject. 
The argument from the trade bodies and its members was that more research needed to be done and that gaming disorder was perhaps a symptom of a more serious underlying mental health issues. The ESA went further, stating that the good video games do economically, creatively, politically, and in terms of education and health and a whole lot more is put at risk by the WHO's classification. Despite the opposition, ICD-11 was agreed to be adopted by the WHA, or the World Health Assembly today. It will come into effect on January 1st, 2022. The WHO says the decision to include gaming disorder was based on reviews of available evidence and reflected the consensus of experts from different disciplines and regions. The organization says that the inclusion of gaming disorder in ICD-11 follows the development of treatment programs for people with health conditions identical to those characteristics of gaming disorder in many parts of the world and will result in the increased attention of health professionals to the risk of development of this disorder and, accordingly, to relevant prevention and treatment measures. Earlier this week, Microsoft spoke to GamesIndustry.biz about its own safety measures designed to protect children. The firm said it would look into measures on how it can help support older players, too. Member states... Member states of the WHO noted that ICD-11 has been produced in a transparent and collaborative manner. This is dumb. Uh, this is dumb. I don't know. This sounds like a, 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 a grand assembly of 120 old dudes. It's actually like 194. What 94, whatever. And um, 149. No, 194. Yeah, 194 old dudes that just hate gaming. Because to me, that just it's just an it's just addiction. Mm-hmm. I will I don't, say I don't know why gaming has anything to do with it. There's clear if someone is addicted to gaming, they they clearly have an addictive personality and have another like they were saying another underlying disorder. Now, I mean, the ESA <laughs> comment was a little silly. I mean, it's put it at risk. Not, gamers don't care. Gamers are going to play games for games. I I just think I think I just think it's a it's just a continuation of this. Blame gaming mm-hmm. for th- for problems that's been going on since gaming's been around. Yeah, gaming gaming causes violence. Gaming does this. Gaming does that. And gaming causes sex. You know, it's just well now gaming causes. Clearly, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, but um, I just think it's another it's another. Uh, Example of using gaming as a scapegoat. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I I agree that it is silly to label it as gaming addiction because of what you said. Um, but I think what moreover it should just like I should just be aware of like this is a newish but additional way that people can. You know, I mean, is there, disrupt their lives. The same thing with now, movies. Now, or, is is there a um, is there a reading disorder? I'm sure. I mean, 40, 50 years ago, there was no gaming. So, a kid who's going to have this kind of problem, they would get stuck in radio, or they would get stuck in books, books. or comic books, comic book disorder, or movie disorder, or. Like, w- 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 everything is a disorder if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. I, th- this is just reductive. Right. And doesn't, it doesn't benefit anything it doesn't to blame, a ga- blame gaming for this. It just doesn't. Driving disorder. Yeah. I mean, someone who doesn't want to be around anybody, so they just get hop in a car and drive forever. Or homeless disorder because 
Like, it, it, it's just dumb. This reductive reasoning is dumb. <clears throat> That's all I have to say about that. But if That's you... That's all I got to say about that. But if you notice that... This is my PSA. If you notice that long video game hours are disrupting your daily life, you should maybe just... Play more video games. Or take a break and do the other thing. Go watch PlayStation movies. Go watch PlayStation movies. That That's not disruptive at all. No. No. Um, so... Uh, let's talk about Pokemon. More gaming. <clears throat> Pokemon Sword and Shield Direct coming right before E3. Uh, this is from Emma Boyle at Tech Radar. If you thought you were going to have to wait until E3 2019 for some details on Pokemon Sword and Shield, you were probably quite happily mistaken. Uh, yes, despite the fact that one of the world's biggest gaming conventions is only two weeks away and Nintendo itself will be broadcasting a direct from there, the gaming giant and the, and the Pokemon company have announced that there will be a dedicated Sword and Shield Direct taking place on June 5th. Just next week. Uh, the, the direct will broadcast on Nintendo's YouTube and Twitch channels at 2 p.m. BST, 6 a.m., blah, 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 9 a.m. Okay. Eastern Time. Um, and run for about 15 minutes, during the course of which fans will get to see brand new information about the Switch games that are due to launch later this year. Oh, we haven't talked about... I think I'm taking the Switch with me. Oh, no. Well, I mean, it, you bought it, but... Yeah. You, you just kind of get me one before you leave. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um... <clears throat> That's not the only Pokemon news that will be announced this week. The po the Pokemon company also said that has also confirmed that it will host a press conference on May twenty eighth at six p.m. That's tomorrow um, at um, nine nine p.m. Eastern time. That's tomorrow for us. Today's the twenty seventh. The press conference at May twenty eighth at nine p.m. Eastern time. The conference itself is taking place in Tokyo, but will be live-streamed and available to watch on the company's YouTube and Twitch channels. The conference will stand separate to the Sword and Shield Direct, so it's likely to feature a wider range of Pokemon news. What exactly will be mentioned isn't known just yet, but the company has said there will be a number of topics of interest to the Pokemon fans. That's a lot of news to reveal this close to E3, but it's a bonus for Pokemon fans looking for a closer look, blah, 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 blah. So, um, that's surprising. Yeah. Two... Not one, but two big Pokemon things before E3. But one of them is just Pokemon, and one of them is Nintendo Pokemon. Like, the press conference is just the Pokemon company. Right. Um, so, that's going to talk about Detective Pikachu, and talk about maybe more Pokemon movies, maybe. Or more Pokemon shows, or cards and stuff. And then also, probably the game. But then, you'll have the Nintendo Direct I the week later. On Pokemon, which means we're not going to hear shield. squat about N Pokemon at E3. That's going to be their big push. So they, they've got nothing. Was it going to be Animal Crossing? Because that's people a big love deal. Animal Crossing. Don't some people really love Animal Crossing? I mean, Crossing. I don't, but someone does. Yeah, it it is not Pokemon. No, it's not. It's not even Mario or Zelda or n n n it doesn't even come close to those. That means Metroid. No, because no, they they, they just restarted. Then we're not going to hear from them for two years, at least. What will they talk about? Link's Awakening. Maybe we're, we're, they're going to talk about a game they've already revealed. That's a remake of an old game. No. Uh, Splatoon three. 
what are they? like don't they don't have anything right now unless they're going to do another Zelda another another Zelda yeah or another another Mario Mario Kart 9 well, Super Mario they have, they have Super Mario Maker. Maker 2 but and that that's coming out like the week after E3 or something soonish and so hello I, it just seems like they're not going to have anything to say on. Well, they have to know that they have this many stuff, that much stuff going. So they yeah. have something they think is worth talking Sure. About. I mean, I'm excited for it. It just seems weird to get all these announcements out and then do a E3 Direct that's going to be what? Yeah. That's fair. But uh, so tomorrow morning I might watch it. Yep. And then next week. Well, not tomorrow morning because it's tomorrow at night. It's said tomorrow at 9. 9 p.m. Oh, yeah, tomorrow night. Whatever. Uh, and then the next, well, another big thing might be. Another big thing. Okay, well, this makes more sense because Sony is not coming to E3. Yeah. But. So, new Death Stranding trailer will arrive later this week. Kojima Production confirms from Stephen Telby at PushSquare.com. It seems as though things are heating up with regards to Death Stranding. Last night, Hideo Kojima posted a short teaser on his personal Twitter account, which led to a lot of excitement for a brand new trailer. We already knew the studio was working on something, but it now seems to finally be set in stone. Uh, posted on a developer's own social feed, it looks like we'll be getting that new video on Wednesday, 29th of uh, May 29th. Uh, whether we get anything else on top of that is unknown, but at the very least, we should get a crazy new trailer to pour over. Did, uh, is this copy and pasted? Yes. All right. Because to pour over? To, like, pour... I don't know. It's, uh, I that's was, that pour. It's pour. That's like pour. pour. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Death Stranding by Wednesday is going to have some the, more information. I, yeah, it's video. something about, like... Create your own rope. And I'm like, oh. Cool. I'm going to hang yourself with? Or to pull yourself up with. Knowing what I've seen of Death Stranding, it's to hang yourself. <laughs> no, it's to stay connected. Okay. He, he doesn't want to be disconnected from Sony. Remember, he was, yeah. It's about reconnecting. Did you? I mean, did we talk about that? He, he said he said the ba the basic premise of the game is about how in this world of interconnectivity, humanity is disconnected, and it's about reconnecting humanity, mm -hmm. in a sense. But he doesn't want to say any more because he didn't want to be disconnected from Sony. Mm, that's fine. Yeah, it was cute. Um, more PlayStation news or new rumors. The new Last of Us 2 release date revealed coming this week. This is from Robert Ramsey at Push Square. Uh, the rumors are really starting to rack up now, aren't they? Oh, boy. Spanish website Game GameReactor.es says that The Last of Us Part 2 is getting a trailer and a release date later this week, citing sources close to Sony. Adding a little more weight, fellow Spanish site Legion de Juegadores. Juegadores. Is that a Pokemon? Juegadores. Reports the same thing, also citing sources close to Sony. Now, when one site comes out with a rumor as bold as this, we may not give it a second glance, but with two sites say it's happening, it's probably best to take a better look. From where we're sitting, we don't think this is entirely out of the question. Although still su surprised. Remember, Sony isn't at E3 this year. An announcement out of the blue like this would really steal some thunder away from the competition or ahead of the big event. Also, let's not forget, there's a Death Stranding reveal happening later this week as well. Could it all be related? Is Sony going to stealth drop a state of play? We're not totally sold on that idea, but stranger things have happened. 
Uh, the last the Last of Us Part Two, along with Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima, are the f big first-party PS4 exclusives that we've been waiting for years. If Sony wants to make the internet lose its mind before either even begins, it certainly has the ammunition to do so. It's just a case of whether these projects are ready to go or not. I don't know. I I feel like like it could go either way with <clears throat> with the the marketing strategy of announce everything, announce your big thing before E3, so no one thinks about E3 anymore. But it could also go, like, if you, you know, do it too early, even if it's just a week early, by that time you're going to see all this stuff from... I don't think we're... They literally, two weeks ago, posted classified yeah. ads for hiring people to help finish the story. Yeah. Last of Us 2 is not getting a release date. It's not coming out this year. I don't care what this says. If someone probably misspoke and said The Last of Us and not Death Stranding... Death Stranding, we're definitely getting a trailer. We're going to get a release date. If We will only get a release date if it's coming out this year because they, Sony has learned not to put out a release date that's summer 20, 2020 because yeah. they, they don't, it's Kojima. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. So unless it's coming out this year, we're not going to get a release date. We might just get a more in-depth look because we've not really gotten a look at what this game really is. Right. We've seen a lot. We've got a lot of... The, the the thing about this game is the more you see about it, the less you understand. Yeah. So, unless... I imagine this will be a bigger deep dive into what this game actually is. Give us a better understanding of the story. Because, sure, it's Kojima and it'll sell, but you're not going to sell to people who don't know who Kojima is. It's got to tell you what the story is. Mm -hmm. Got to give you a reason to go buy the game. So, um, I... I I don't think they're going to they're going to put it out this year. There was an earnings call a couple of weeks ago saying that Sony expects uh, software sales to be down this this financial this fiscal year. Yeah. For me that says we're not getting Last of Us 2, Death Stranding or Ghost of Tsushima before next fin fiscal year, which be after March 2020. Um, I did see <laughs> an article Though I never, I didn't grab it because I didn't think about it until just now. That somewhere along the way they said that all the major titles will be coming to PS4. Um, yes, I did say that. But it did not say that they weren't coming to PS5. Well, they'll all be PS5 because they've confirmed PS4 ex uh, backwards compatibility. And they also confirmed that because it's backwards compatible, you can play games together. Oh, like, across consoles. Oh. So, if I have Destiny 2, if I'm playing Destiny 2 on PS5, you could play Destiny 2 with me even if you only have a PS4. That's cool. That that cross compatibility works because of the nature of how the systems are built. Um they did confirm that. But I don't know if that means like, you know, talking about those quick load times like if we're in orbit together and then we're about to go do a uh, uh, strike if that means you'll be there and then I'm like I'll be there in about 15 minutes. Um I think it'll run better, but a lot of those are just on the server side. That's true. With Destiny, that's server side. With Division, it's server side, not necessarily ha having to do with your system. That's true. Uh, but anyway, so, so exciting I, news. Regardless we're, of we're, we're, we're definitely hearing something about Ghost of Tsushima or, or not Death Stranding. Uh, Death Stranding. Um, it wouldn't be out of the it wouldn't be out of the ordinary to hear about the other two games before the end of the year, but the, I'd say that. We're not going to re get a release date for any of them until the end of the year. Right. We're going to we might hear in November or December, like okay, Maybe Last of Us. Awards. 
maybe yeah maybe game awards maybe they do a stealth like maybe in uh, in august they'll drop hey in november we're doing a we're doing our uh playstation experience mm-hmm. maybe then you'll start they'll they'll do the final roadmap of the ps4 leading into ps5 what if they do announce the ps5 this fall like they, they usually I do I, the I kind of imagine my 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 thoughts are they're either going to announce it this fall with a big PlayStation experience or they'll announce it in February Some with GDC. It. No, uh, no, they'll do February like they did the PS4. Right, right. They'll have the PlayStation meeting mm-hmm. where everybody flies to New York and they'll do the big PlayStation Five reveal. So they'll I I think I think it would be big for them to do a November. Hey, we're doing PlayStation Experience. It'll be bigger than we've ever done it before. We're gonna have a press conference. We're gonna have this. We're gonna have Death Stranding playable. We're gonna have this playable. That would be bigger. Though at the same time, like, will that disrupt their own like holiday sales for PS4, or do they care at this point? I don't think they care at this point. I mean, they they they're gonna they're gonna be well over a hundred million by that point. Or maybe the fact that it is compatible, they'll be like. And this is the perfect time to get your PS4 because these games are going to be on it, and your friends who move on to the next generation will still be able to play with you. Yeah. So they they could they do that. They can announce we're going to stop selling the PS4 PS4 Slim. We're going to only have PS4 Pro, and it's going to be 250. That's a big commitment. And PS5 comes out November 2020 at 499 US dollars. And we'll talk about launch uh, launch titles for that at E3 at the ne- 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 in, in twenty twenty. We'll talk about that next year. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be big for Sony. But with that, like I said, with that earnings call a couple weeks ago saying software sales are going to be down, we're not going to see any of these games released this year. They're not going to give us give us a Death Stranding release date right now. They're just going to give us a deep dive. Is my prediction. All right. Well, that was the who, what, and the where. That was quite lengthy. Yes. Spent a lot of time on we, it. Yeah, was probably we're probably twice as long as the last two ep- or like yeah. as long as the last two episodes combined right now. So yeah. We're gonna try to wrap it up for you. Uh, so uh, real quick, uh, w- Josh finally made my dream come true by buying dreams. Sorry. Uh, and I've played a little bit. And of Galaga. It. And Galaga. Sorry. Sorry. I did buy Galaga. There's a great PS. For sale right now on the PlayStation Store. About for what, two bucks? Uh, yeah, it was dollar ninety nine for Galga. It's go. not the greatest version. There's some audio hiccups and things like that, but there's also audio hiccups and dreams. So I don't know. Maybe it's our problem. No, no. Maybe that would be with the TV and everything. Anyway, so uh, I have been playing some dreams, and really, I spent the first day playing just other dreams, mm-hmm. and then uh, eventually one night I just went into, through the tutorials and started doing that uh so uh most of the games like there are some really interesting concepts uh but the things that you can play haven't really hooked me and i you know i don't want to be critical of it because that's the whole thing is us learning together especially since it's early yeah and people are getting it but even the like the media molecule games that they've made weren't like wow um there was, to be honest there were several games that felt like like PS One era platforming games, mm-hmm. where it's just a lot of collecting coins, um, and which I mean is Mario, but like, but it they controlled in the same way. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, again, rudimentary yeah. physics learning. All, all that, that for me is totally expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, but that being said, some of the experiences like uh, like uh, FPS demo or experience or uh, Metro. There was one called Metro, and it was just a train station, and and looked very good. Mm-hmm. It looked like beautiful. Um, and then and then there's some neat little things like people recreating the original Spider-Man game. Yeah. Um, or well, the PS1 Spider-Man game. A scene. A scene. And people making little movies with Superman. I just saw uh, on Twitter uh, someone's actually made a functional Star Wars X-Wing game. I did see that, but I haven't played it yet. They said the co- the the, twi- the tweet said release quality Star Wars uh, X-Wing. Oh wow. So I'm I'm interested to play that. Yeah, and I think I think the best in terms of most polished, most like I can see me getting a copy of this at some point was that um, twin stick shooter. Oh yeah, that looked a lot like felt a lot like Resogun. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's some like slipping around and stuff, but it was it was it was probably the most put together neat thing. Right, I've seen. I could definitely see that being fleshed out mm-hmm. into something really fun. Uh, so that was really neat, and then in the tutorial side, I mean, it's you know you get this British guy walking you through how to create this world, and I would do the thing Are where they British? Are they Swedish? British. Okay. They're, they're, yeah. Um, and there would be some times where like, oh, I got this, and I would and I would go ahead of the tutorial, and then I would, wa- but you still have to watch it, and so I'd watch it and realize like, oh, there's like ten times easier things to do if I just sat there and watched the video. So yeah. there's some things like that. Uh, I've been using just the DualShock. Uh, you can use the motion controllers. I just didn't have the camera set up. Um, right now, it's a, it's a little wonky getting used to how to navigate the world. You mentioned something while you were watching me play that would yeah. be easier with the mouse and I was keyboard. I, I, just watching it, I was like, man, this looks neat, but it, it looks like it would be so much easier with a mouse and keyboard. I hope there's like some kind of mouse and keyboard support yeah. uh, included or coming up. Because and maybe... I, I, I just think... You could be more precise with the mouse and keyboard. When you're creating some, something, you want precision. Now, clearly, people are doing me- incredible things with the DualShock and the Move controllers. I'm yeah. not saying that, but as a, just a personal yeah. thing. And, and I haven't really got my hands on it, so maybe Nick just sucks. So. I, that's very likely. And I would love to <coughs> get my hands on the Move controllers. Um, I mean, and, yeah. and use. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, though, like, my fear... As soon as I opened up the creator toolbox, started setting in, which is the same thing that happens anytime I go, I'm like, uh, it's like opening Pandora's box, and it's like, you know what? Do I want to keep this box open? Yeah, and so like, but that was like that. I mean, that was just like open up Illustrator for the first time when we started creating our yeah. you know, artwork for the channel. So yeah, so you, you got to push past that like. Okay, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Yeah. Point. So. So it's neat, and uh, we'll have more information on that as we get our hands on it. Um, and you haven't really gotten a chance to play much, have you? No, I, I haven't played it at all. I just paid for it, and I. Well, I mean, I, like I pl- anything. No, I played a couple rounds of Galaga. Yeah. Um, and that's about it. Pokemon Go. Yeah. I've got a couple gyms now. Nice. Uh, uh, over in uh, the park we were just at, and I took over two of the gyms. Good job. And then, yeah. So. Uh, so before we go, we're gonna tell you the games coming out this and next week. I'm gonna read them this time. You go, go for it. 
All right, we have uh, Conan Unconquered for PC on May 30th. Uh, Space Ops VR for P PC VR. Uh, this is a straight copy from... Okay, uh, for VR on May 30th. Uh, Kododama, The Seven Mysteries of Fujisawa uh, EU for P uh, PC, PS4, and Switch. I guess that's in Europe uh, for May 31st. Trover Saves the Universe, PS4, PSVR, May 31st. Warhammer Chaos Bane, Magnus Edition, PC, PS4, Xbox One on May 31st. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere. 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 I guess that makes sense. Uh, PC, PS4, Xbox One on June 4th. Uh, the Kotodama game, June 4th for the U.S., PC, PS4, Switch. Trover Saves the Universe for PC on June 4th. Warhammer, Chaos Bane, PC, PS4, and Xbox One, June 4th. So a lot of the same games re-releasing on different dates in different places. Yep. Um, and that's the show. Uh, remember, if you want to keep up with us, you can go to Twitter at WearGaming underscore. You can tweet at me at SpeakNicholas underscore. And you can tweet at me at Jaws1015. And until next week, say goodbye, Nick. Bye, Nick. See ya.